Hello, late night listeners. This is Brian. I want to let you know that we have a Patreon. We launched it a few weeks ago, and it gets you access to all sorts of exciting stuff. Exciting? I meant exciting. Every week, we're going to do a mini episode. And also, if you subscribe at the highest tier, the three peach tier, you'll get exclusive videos. There's one already up of me writing a Mayo theme song. We're going to do one also this week might already be up about uh, I just wrote a new theme song for a segment on the show. So you can hear that too. So please show us some love. It's at patreon.com slash late night. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash L-E-I-G-H-T-O-N-N-I-G-H-T. So many people have signed up already, and we really thank you for for your support. It's enabling us to keep making this show at the level we want, so we can pay for a producer now, and it's, uh, hi, Jarek, he's our producer, he's the best, and it, it's really helping us a lot. So if you can show us some love on the Patreon, even a couple bucks helps, we will love you forever. I mean, we do, I just hit the microphone with my face, we do love you forever, but we'll love you even more and longer than forever. Thanks. As you saw, Dylan sent me the new track, and it's awesome. It's so good. Oh, good. You got the whole track. No, actually, I didn't. I got the. I just got the snippet that I was dancing to. All right, yeah. But even that part is great. I really love it. Yeah, I, I'm really into the new stuff that we've been working on. I'm surprised at some of the stuff that's coming out because we're all stuck, and we're all kind of still creating. You know, it's just, it's just funny because we just want to have a good time at home. This song was the song was kind of perfect for that. Is your writing process different now as opposed to what it was before? The process is still pretty similar. We have our own creative processes and uh they're right. You know, it's it's always changing, it's always different. Um, and I also think that the three of us come from such different styles of doing things that we kind of just adjust to whatever's happening, you know? Yeah. Uh, sometimes somebody will come up with a hook. We'll bring it together. Like, for instance, this song, right? Like, like I, I wrote, like I had the idea and I, and I had this song and I, I, you know, I wrote a lot of the lyrics and then I, I, I wrote the chord progression and I introduced it to the other guys. And then like the song that I had originally wrote and, and, and decided was going to be a song. I don't get to decide what's going to be sung, but the song, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it came together, and it's something that's totally different than what I had originally managed or imagined. Right? I love that. Um, yeah, but it's something that's 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 better than I could have imagined because I'm just super fortunate to work with two people that I that I adore and uh, I feel bring out the best in me. I think you guys do that really well. So, for people who aren't aware of what band we're talking about, because we haven't said the name yet, it's Planet Booty. Planet Booty. <laughs> yeah. Normally, we don't introduce ourselves this early in the show, but I guess this is a good point to do it. Everyone, this is Layton from Layton Night. Hi, that's me. The other one is Brian. Mystery guest, would you care to introduce yourself? Mysteriously, I'm Josh <laughs> Quintero. I am one third of a band called Planet Booty, and we play and perform songs about butts, but <laughs> with positive moral values. Yes, and they're awesome. You know, good times. There's some description, I forget where I saw it. It was like 
self-love, sex positivity, bumping ground. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like there was some official Planet Booty description I saw somewhere. There's been so many descriptions of the band because it's kind of hard to kind of pinpoint. Yeah, and you've moved around a lot stylistically too over the years. Yeah, so it is sex positive. It's body positive. It's just kind of like the the, the main thing is just we want to make you feel sexy, right? And yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't understand that uh, regardless of how they feel, like they're sexy. You just got to tap into that. And I think that that's what Planet Booty tries to do. God bless you. And I would say succeeds at like remarkably well. Everyone has their own Planet Booty story. And here's mine. <laughs> <laughs> I went to see you guys and Twerp play at the Roxy. Twerp had been raving about you for, you know, whatever many months it had been since you had played together. Uh, it was some random matchup, right? While they were on tour. Or yeah. You were both were on tour. I can't remember what the deal was. Um, and so I was like, I was at the Roxy and Planet Booty comes on to open up and, and Twerp had been like, get the fuck ready, dude. Like you, you're going to love this. <laughs> so my expectations were sky high. Cause I, Twerp never says this like about a live act except for Planet Booty. I don't think I've ever heard them Maybe one one other time. I don't think I've ever heard them be like, this is it. Check it out. And Unless it's like dinosaurs or Lego sets. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So you guys get on, and I was just like, oh, my God. This is amazing. So I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm texting Dan. And I'm like, these guys, like, this is, we need to work with these guys. Like, this is just one of the best things I've seen in forever. So I was hooked immediately. It's awesome. And thank you for that. <laughs> it's been so great doing stuff with you. We've got to play a lot of really cool shows because of you guys. And uh, we're all super grateful. Yeah, it's super like a, a match made in butt heaven. <laughs> oh, if there's a heaven, that's the one I want. <laughs> it's only butts. <laughs> it's just butts. The touring group, I mean, it's been this way for like the past, I'd say it's like 1.5 tours or whatever it was now of Planet Booty, Twerp, and NSP is just, it's my favorite thing. Uh, it's been so much fun, and I think it's like the perfect confluence of vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody gets, like, it's so positive. Yeah, for it's sure. so positive. It wasn't something we, like, tried to put together for that purpose. It was just like, these are great acts. But, you know, there's so much fucking terrible negativity going on in the universe right now that mm-hmm. having that show be like a positivity bunker is I think an important thing. Like I'm not not to overstate the, you know, the, what we do. We're playing music, you know. But I, I think it's important to have a space that people can come in and feel great about themselves. Yeah. Thank you for helping create that. You should be thanking yourself. Oh, thank you, self. Thanking you. <laughs> so if you guys don't know, in Planet Booty, Josh, how would you describe your role in in Planet Booty? I'll let you say it. I used to consider myself a hype man. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, because I'm just so hype. <laughs> <It's> no. <true>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I I play a little bit of keyboard. Like, I play the talk box. Sometimes I sing. There is rapping involved, but I'm not a rapper, you know? Yeah. I'm just, I'm just not hard. <laughs> I'm not gangster. <laughs> right. I rap yeah. about butts. So. And you're a horn player. What what kind of horn? I played the trombone. Fuck yeah. So Dylan, 
the other vocalist in Planet Booty. Uh, would you call him the front man? Is that how yes, you describe he's, it? He's okay. the front man. Yeah. So he's the one doing the bulk of the of the vocals. So Dylan plays the trumpet, and there's a moment in every Planet Booty show, several moments usually, where like these two just pick up the horns and it fucking it rules. It is so <laughs> exciting. Especially if it's the first time it's happened in any given show when the horns come up. And I, I think it's always at least in the shows I've seen, the first things you guys do in the horn, it's always both are going at the same time, so it's some harmonized thing. And uh-huh. it's like a mini wall of sound. These horns have been sitting on stage, and then you pick it up. It's like, bam, and it, it just it's like a little switch flips. It's like, oh, shit, they can do that? That's amazing. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's such a cool change. Would you say that the audience is very um, uh, horny for it? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're horny together. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. I have a lot of experience with the trombone, and I know that nothing turns people on quite like the trombone. Quite like a trombone. <laughs> the second nerdiest of all horns, the first being the French horn. Yeah, the French horn is, is pretty nerdy. Now we have to do this. Let's rank brass in terms of nerdiness. There's the euphonium. That's it's pretty high up there. Pretty high up there, but definitely below French horn. What the fuck is a euphonium? It's like a mini tuba. It's like a baritone horn. I played the euphonium in high school orchestra, so yeah, I can relate to the, its nerdiness. Oh, it's so cute. You just kind of <laughs> cradle it. Yeah. I love a, an instrument that you just kind of spoon. It's a beautiful <laughs> sound. Josh, did you ever uh-huh. do any of the the tuba euphonium like choirs? Like they have a whole Christmas thing. Did you ever do that? I never did that. I mean, a little bit like it maybe in high school when we were forced to, but I never got really into it. Um, there is uh, a trombone choir out here Ooh. in Oakland that is phenomenal. That's um, awesome. Only trombones. Only trombones. And the guys that are in it are so good that it's actually, for me, very intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> Brass choirs are just amazing. Yeah. Like, there's just something about it. There's a thing. I don't know if this is still going on. I- I'm 99% sure it still is. Called Tuba Christmas. <laughs> where it's a bunch of tuba and euphonium players and they all get together and play like four-part chorale-type Christmas songs. I haven't played in many, many years, but I, I used to play tuba a lot. And so every Christmas for, I'd say, four or five years, I'd join a tuba Christmas ensemble and play Christmas songs. We had a mini one at my college, <laughs> and the name of our tuba Christmas ensemble was Sweet Death. Because there's a <laughs> there's a famous Bach chorale, I guess, a piece called "Come Sweet Death," like "Come uh-huh. Susutod" or something like that. And so we would put on Santa hats and sit on the steps of one of the churches on campus, a bunch of tubas, euphoniums, and just play Christmas songs. But there there's like there, there are these gatherings. It's like a thing. There's gatherings where there's hundreds of people that bring their tubas and play Christmas songs. So look up tuba Christmas because it's it's a thing. That's hilarious. I have a question. What's like inherently the funniest instrument? Well, name-wise, I don't think you can beat the flugelhorn. Oh, yeah. What the fuck is a flugelhorn? It's like like a chubby trumpet. Yes, that's exactly right. Uh, (laughs) Famously played by Chuck Mangione. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know Feels So Good, Layton? No. Ba-ba-ba-ba-da-ba-da. You've never heard that? 
No, I don't think so. Whoa, they make rose gold flugelhorns? That, that's that's some, some millennial content. Look up uh, <laughs> Chuck Mangione feels so good, and you'll see a great picture okay. of Chuck Mangione in a hat cradling his flugelhorn. I love the sound of the flugelhorn, and it is a great name. And I think Chuck Mangione made it cool. I totally agree. Oh, this is a gorgeous photo. Oh, wait a second. I, I've totally heard this because of uh, fucking King of the Hill. Yes, that's exactly right. He yeah. had, there, there, there was a major plot point in a few King of the Hill episodes. Okay, so what was the funniest instrument, I believe you, you asked? Yeah, yeah. You know, I just, I think there are a lot of really funny instruments. I don't want to go with funny, I want to go with weird because like the oboe is super weird yeah, to me. It's fucking weird. It's mm. so weird. It's so weird or like the bass there's like, what is that other thing called with that has a tiny double reed like that? But it's like the bassoon. Big, the bassoon. Yeah, it's just weird. Totally. Yeah, bassoons are, are are pretty funny. Tubas are very funny to me. Yeah. yeah, tubas are innately ridiculous. They, you know, like all these instruments, they can be beautiful, but there's just something. I mean, it's just such an awkward thing to play. You know. Uh, yeah. It, it just it's just like plom 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 plom. I forget if I've talked about this in the past, but. During my tuba playing years, we used to play, like, obviously the fall would be a very busy time because of Oktoberfest. So we would get uh, an Oktoberfest group together, which was like, it's like tuba, clarinet, you know, ideally an accordion of some kind. I think accordion is also a strong contender for funniest instrument. Oh, yeah. It's pretty wild. And we would do these Oktoberfest gigs and they would sometimes pay in money, but they would usually just pay in sausages. And <laughs> the dream God, job. if only every job paid in sausages. It was, yeah, as a college student, it was awesome because it was a bunch of like, you know, it was actually mostly college students, but there was this one, I don't know how old the guy was, maybe in his 60s, like really bitter, really bitter clarinet player. And he'd come <laughs> and he'd be like wearing these later hosen and the hat, you know, the green hat, like with the feather in it. And he was a larger guy and he'd just come like stumbling to these gigs already mad and just be like, let's do this so I can get my sausages. And it was, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was so funny. We were like, Bob, chill. Like, we're going to be okay. Let's have a good time with this. All right. I guess just hungry. I want my sausages. Oh, so, yeah. So that's like, that's my Oktoberfest memory. I want my sausages. I want my sausages. Oh, so relatable. Truthfully, I rolled out of bed and shambled over to my microphone. So I've not eaten breakfast yet. And like sausage sounds, sounds so good. <laughs> what are what are your favorite breakfasts? Sis? I'm a breakfast burrito guy. Mm. Like Ooh. it's just compact. There's like a specific. Uh, taco truck that does breakfast burritos. It's for it's for a man on the go. It's in a Goodwill parking lot, and <laughs> like a good scrambled egg and chorizo breakfast burrito. Oh like yeah, the best thing. In and the it's world. like the size of a forearm. It's like it's perfect. <sighs> have you, Leighton? Have you ever been to the uh, Tacos Via Corona in Atwater? Uh, no, I don't think I have. I think the only like taco place I've been to in Atwater is Hugo's Tacos, which is always a uh, hit or miss. Via Corona is like the breakfast burrito place, like right there, and it's it's great. That's amazing, Brian. What? What? what what's what's the platonic ideal of a perfect bre breakfast for you? Let's see. Nothing sweet. 
for me. So I, I'm, I'm doing this by process of elimination. I'm ruling out pancakes and waffles. Not that I don't like them. I do like them, but under very controlled circumstances. You have to be in the right mood and it needs to be at the right place. Yeah, I think there's some, isn't there some Mitch Hedberg bit about pancakes, which is like first bite of pancakes. Yeah. Second bite. Okay. And third bite. <laughs> it's like, I, uh, this was a bad idea. So and that's how I always feel about sweet breakfast. It's like one bite in, it feels great. And then I, I'm just done with it real fast. And then it's like a chore getting through the rest of it as it gets progressively soggier. And then you just feel guilty about food waste because it's you can't just put pancakes that have syrup on them in the fridge like you're done. Oh, no, a, a reheated pancake is, is hell on earth. I'm going to say, you know what? My ideal breakfast is uh, chilaquiles. Oh, oh. That's yeah. a strong choice. Solid. I love it. I love a good chilaquiles. There's a little place semi-near where we live called Nat's Early Bite. It's like a, I mean, I say this with love, grungy diner. and That's how I need my diner. Yeah. It's, it's small. It's always packed. It's like a mix of like Mexican and just kind of standard diner fare. And their chilaquiles are awesome. Oh, sounds bomb. I like anything that comes with uh, salsa. I'm going to be good with, generally speaking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Breakfast has been in my brain because the other night I had a dream that I was at a Waffle House. And it was literally like the oh, the whole dream was me eating breakfast at Waffle House. And I just miss <laughs> Waffle House so much. I've never been to a Waffle House. Really? Really? Uh, yeah. See, we, like, we, we pass them all the time when we're touring because there's none. I don't think there's any in California, right? No. I, I think it's just like Southeast. Yeah. We yeah. pass them while we're touring all the time. But uh, when you're on tour, for us at least, breakfast is really the only meal of the day we get. Right. Because right? we don't really mm. have time for lunch or dinner. So dinner is usually rushed. So breakfast is the most important and only meal we're going to have. So we always try to find like uh, the bougiest brunch spot. Yes. Mm. You know, where we all get our own stuff and then we always share <laughs> we always get a pancake for the table oh that's how it should be done so the four of us will share the three of us four of us will share one pancake that's awesome i think that's the move i used to go to paris uh pretty regularly for physics and they had a uh, a restaurant there called breakfast in america and i ate there oh you did it's I ate great. There. Right? I was just in Paris. Yeah. Oh, you were. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if uh, you saw anyone do this, but we watched like a couple groups of French people get a pancake as dessert. Yeah. Yeah. Which totally makes sense. They're not wrong. It's a better dessert food. It's a cake. It's a very <laughs> overly sweet cake. What did you have at breakfast in America, Josh? I was there with a friend. Summer is actually our merch girl for for Planet Booty. Yeah. I was there with her, and we couldn't find breakfast anywhere. And I mean, yep. after being there for a while, I was tired of having like a baguette and like right. some jam for breakfast. So we found breakfast in America. And I think I got just like the most basic like eggs, bacon, hash browns, like yep. basic breakfast. Which you can't get elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. That's my favorite. Like it, it all has to be really good. Cheesy hash browns. Like it's hard to get hash browns right good over medium egg. Oh, that sounds so good. So, Leighton, what's your <laughs> Waffle House order with hash browns? Well, can you say I, all the things they do? I can't remember the list. Smothered and covered, baby. It, it's just like everything. Sautéed onions, melted cheese, and you can add sausage gravy to it if you want to. 
<laughs> it's just like heart attack on a plate and it's fucking delicious. Am I missing out on anything by not having gone to Waffle House? Yes. I was going to take the opposite tack as a, you know, born and bred uh, Northeasterner uh, that you are not missing out on anything by not going to Waffle House. It's fine. I would say that my experience at Waffle House has been aggressively fine. When it's 3 a.m. and you're kind of drunk and you're with a bunch of friends and you get the coffee and you get those really thin buttery waffles smothered and covered hash browns, it is the greatest thing in the world. And a place that exists to be perfect in that moment and just be a vibe, like that's all it needs to be for me. And it's amazing. I have too many good memories wrapped up in a Waffle House. Yeah. For me, those are New Jersey diners, that experience. Of course, yeah. But I would also say you're not missing out on anything by going to any specific New Jersey diner. It's the vibe that Mm -hmm. But can we all agree... Denny's and IHOP are trash. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, I would, Waffle House just blows them out of the water. It's not even close. It's not the same thing. I would add Perkins to this list also, by the way. Mm. Oh, yeah. my God. I didn't realize that Perkins was a chain. I was, I was oh. very fond of it as a kid. But, yeah, not good. I was just excited that they had all the syrups. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Southeastern thing. Grits. Have you had grits? Sure. Have you had good grits? I have never had grits yes. I've enjoyed. So I don't think I've had good grits. You, Josh, you have? Ugh, tragic. So my uh, my stepdad is from Alabama. So like we would have grits sometimes. And I realized that I don't like grits. However, if you put cheese on grits, I like them because I like cheese. You have to put <laughs> cheese on it. I, yeah. That's that's cheese and butter mandatory. It's offensive when you go somewhere and you get grits and it's mostly liquid. That is not how it's meant to be. It mostly <laughs> needs to be a solid. And then that's perfect. Oh, I didn't realize that. Like a good shrimp and grits. Yeah, it shouldn't be like a slop. I always thought it was like an oatmeal. Should have a little body to it. Like that consistency, the consistency of oatmeal. But you're saying no. Uh, Well, it depends on the oatmeal. Like I'm the same way. If it's watery oatmeal, I do not fuck with that. I need it to be mostly solid. Hmm. Anyway, riveting breakfast chat. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yeah, half an hour of breakfast chat. Also, like a good fresh squeezed OJ. Can't beat it. Well, that is true. (laughs) You know, that's another one. I will say that's another ideal breakfast for me is like a real, an intimidating smoothie. You know, one that has some protein in it. Uh, Not yogurt for me. I don't like uh, yogurt and smoothies, generally speaking. But, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just like something, it's probably got some berries in it. It's probably, maybe it's got some mango, some fruit juices. It's not nice and thick. That's, I love that as a breakfast. Yeah, I I don't like blueberries as a fruit. What? I kind of think they're bullshit. <laughs> oh my god! I hate blueberries. They're they're like a nothing fruit for me. But in a smoothie, they are perfect. Wow, that's I know you just dropped I'm a, a bomb. Wow, I like all the smoothies that are green. I just feel like it's it 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 gives me permission to to have a milkshake because I'm like it's green, <laughs> so it's good for you. Yeah. Nothing makes me feel older than contemporary juices because <laughs> I I don't like the green ones. Like I don't like them with like ginger and turmeric and you know. Oh, you don't like it when they just straight up put a thing of ginger in no, the juice. No, I fucking so hate good. it. I just want blended juices and fruit. And I don't okay. want spices. I don't want vegetables. Like I don't want kale. I don't want spinach. I don't want carrots. Fuck carrots. Uh, I just want like a good carrot apple juice. No, nope. oh man, thumbs down. No, I just want 
fruits and and juices thereof. There's some juice place nearby. Uh, this is gonna be an old guy rant. So, and I, I, <laughs> they had a, a list of like it's like our 25 top juices, and each every single one of them had a deal breaker ingredient. It like, <laughs> and it was usually turmeric. It's not that I don't like turmeric. I love turmeric. I just don't like it in my fucking smoothies. Sure, this is fair. Yeah, it, it, like I was like, okay, can I just get something that's not doesn't have spices? It doesn't have kale. I, I'm not, I'm just repeating myself, but modern juices. I'm like, when did it, it seemed like there was this phase transition between like, hey, you know, apple, strawberry, mango to turmeric, kale, ginger, cayenne, and apple cider vinegar that has totally left me behind culturally. Well, I don't, I don't want a bougie juice. There's a place near me that I just can't fuck with. That's like the bougiest, like, Oh, it's in a special fancy bottle. Like I hate LA juice culture. The, the kind of place that I like speaking of Atwater village, there's that place that is across from Hugo's tacos. That is just like kind of a grimy, it's just a guy and he'll make you a juice and you can just kind of get it custom and he gives it into you, gives it oh, to you yes. in a very unceremonious uh, cup. Yes. Yes. I know so what you're sweet. talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that place is fucking awesome. When we were crunching on Dream Daddy, that was like my place. Of like, I need to get out of the office and cry a little bit. I need this ginger apple carrot juice. <laughs> Fuck me up, man. Yeah. I am restored. The The universe is in balance. Should we move on to some questions? Entering your question. Entering your question. This email is from Andrew. Uh, he says... Hello, Leighton Brian and potential mystery guest. I've got a fun advice request this week. It's mainly directed at Leighton, but everyone else can jump in too. Since you're so enthusiastic about Taco Bell, I want to know what your default order is. What really satisfies the late night munchies? Is there a menu item that doesn't get enough love? How much stuff do you get? I'm a newer fan of Taco Bell, but no one seems to agree on what's good there, not to mention the menu is generally huge as well. I'm interested in getting another perspective on the matter. Thanks. First of all, the hard hitting questions. This is a real, this is. How could this guy pass up the opportunity to talk about fourth meal? Which is, <laughs> it feels like a real dropped ball here. I don't, I don't buy in, buy into that. Like I love Taco Bell. There, it's, fourth meal is not happening. Try, stop trying to make it a thing. <laughs> what, what, what a terrible message to send people like more meals, please. I mean, I, 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 I get it. Like, if you're hungry, of course, eat. But the idea that they were trying to, out of whole cloth, create a new meal is, I, I feel like, is damaging to public health, generally speaking. It's true. They, they, they tell you to live moss, but maybe you should be <laughs> living menos. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for laughing at uh, that bad joke. I thought that was great. It was solid. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Before we dive into that order, uh, Josh, Taco Bell feelings. Leighton and I have talked about this in the past. Um, well, I don't know if, if what I have to say is appropriate. Oh, say it. That means you have to say it. Oh, no. So, like, my first job ever was at a Burger King. Uh -huh. And we were right across from a Taco Bell. And uh, I was doing some things out of the drive-thru that aren't necessarily legal. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Like selling things, you mean? I was selling something out of. I was young, and I was. I mean, I was selling something out of the drive-through that wasn't necessarily legal. Got it. And uh, Taco Bell uh, called the cops on us. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Um, they saw what was going on. They knew what was going on because it was a whole racket. 
And they called the cops when I happened to be working. And I, I just remember sitting on the curb of Burger King with my little headset on. Right. Oh my God. With like three other like Burger King employees while the cops had us, while we had like a line through the drive through. And I just remember like my headsets going off and I'm like, nobody's there to help you. And Taco Bell, I know that they called because they were bastards, right? They snitched. What the hell? Yeah. But I remember them staying outside, kind of like all smoking cigarettes and like snickering. That, that they had got us. Oh, my God. But nothing was ever found, and I can't confirm or deny whether any of that story, <clears throat> whether I was involved <laughs> in any illegal activities. Uh-huh, of course. Yeah. There you go. So do you carry a resentment towards Taco Bell? So I have, like, a resentment towards Taco Bell employees. Mm. Yeah. But I fuck with Mexican pizzas really hard. <laughs> this is interesting. I know yeah. a lot of people who really like the Mexican pizza. I think that's what's beautiful and unique about Taco Bell is no two orders are the same. You know, there's one specific meal that is a Mexican pizza and two tacos. I always get them soft. Um, mm. And uh, not to be controversial, but they only have Pepsi products and I'm not into that. So I just kind of... I don't care for it. Yeah, just like whatever. Give me a lemonade. Yeah, that's fair. I was telling Layton or whoever the guest was a few weeks ago that I don't want to repeat the story, but it's so stupid that I, I'll just say it again. One time I was driving cross country. This is probably about 10 years ago. And I stopped at a Burger King and they had suggested soda pairings with menu items. And <laughs> it was one of the stupidest things I think I've ever seen. And it has stuck soda with me sommelier. to this day. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I, I fucking love Taco Bell. There, There's like a rotating cast of things that I'll get because I'll get a lot of things because I like there are certain items. This is potentially a controversial statement that when put in the fridge and microwaved later are better, such as the quesarito for some reason. I don't know why. But for me, it's usually like a quesarito or a crunch wrap. I really like the cheesy potato griller. I love a cheesy fiesta potato. I love a cheese roll up, which is literally shredded cheese in a tortilla. It's the most bullshit thing on the menu, but it's delicious. Wow. They okay, so they recently got rid of the cool ranch taco, which I'm furious about. <laughs> and they they also got rid of what I thought were better than the Cinnabon delights, which are just little cinnamon blisters. Which I say this like I don't eat them. They're amazing, but they are cinnamon blisters. But they got rid of the caramel apple empanada, which was so much better. And that I never saw anybody talk about, and it just quietly disappeared, and I'm I'm heartbroken. It was just perfectly crispy. Oh, I love a cinnamon twist. Love a cinnamon twist. Oh, it's classic. Uh, whatever, whatever their I don't like a Baja Blast slushy, but whatever their slushy du jour is, I'm I'm into that. <laughs> wow, <laughs> she. I like how you just listed. She's like, what I like is the entire menu. The amount of your Taco Bell knowledge, Layton, is is stunning. Well, and this isn't even touching specialty items that they used to have, because it's always a flash in the pan. They used to have this Chick Star Crunch Wrap, where it was fried chicken inside of a Crunch Wrap. They had the miniature Crunch Wraps for a limited time, which instead of having the layer of taco shell in the middle, it was Fritos, which were delicious. <laughs> um, you know, they occasionally have the little uh, square-shaped chicken nuggets. Great. Yeah, I just, uh, I have a deep passion. Wow, amazing. So thank you for asking that question, Andrew. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to spread the gospel. 
I will say that I had one time I had a Skittles slushy. What? Oh, oh God. The red one? It was good. Like the candy in it was really good. I think the pink Starburst one is my favorite that they've ever had. Also, you put a little bit of tequila in, in literally any of them. So fucking good. <laughs> All of those sound appalling to me. I, I don't have a sweet <laughs> tooth. And the idea of a Skittles or Starburst slushy. Oh. I take it you're not a shaved ice person either? Actually, I, you know what? I do sort of like a shaved ice, uh, but it has to be very specific flavors. Yeah. And consistency of the ice as well. Yes, that's true. Audrey loves shaved ice. And so we end up getting it pretty regularly. Uh, but she always likes, she likes little kids, sweet flavors like bubble gum and that flavor. I love a bubble gum oh, slushy so much. It makes me want to die because that's her, her little kid toothpaste is flavored like that too. Mm-hmm. And it's just, oh, it's too sweet. And it, I just find it totally repulsive. I like citrus flavors with sour spray. When it comes to shaved ice. Mm, okay. Yeah. All right. Another ice cream related question. We're just, this is genuinely just food talk for half an that's hour. That's fine. If not longer. Longer, but that's great. An ice cream truck rolls up. What do you get? Well, what kind of ice cream truck? Let's be specific here. Like a shitty one. Like a soft serve one or a, a or hard serve? <laughs> it, it, <laughs> imagine like a classic, you know, they have like Sonic just pop with like a bubble gum in the nose. Oh you know, yeah, like yeah, that yeah. that yeah. genre. I, I so this this for me, if it's a shitty ice cream truck, like you gotta go shitty, right? Like yep. I like yeah. fancy ice cream. I like fancy ice cream parlors. Like here's fourteen dollars for a scoop. Like I'm into that. But if it's a shitty yeah. one, you gotta go. And this is just for me and the way I grew up. They used to have the uh, Ninja Turtle ones with the bubble gums for eyes. Oh, yeah. Like, that was my mm, yeah. jam for so long. I don't really see the Ninja Turtle ones anymore. So I will compromise and get like a SpongeBob one. It's always SpongeBob it's always for some Spongebob. reason. Always SpongeBob. Yeah. And then the gumball eyeballs melt just, and it's like, oh, this is like uh, uh, just, in Indiana Jones where the Nazis get their faces melted off. Yeah. Oh, it's so upsetting looking. Yes. And they're like <laughs> crack a tooth when you try to actually eat them. Because they're cold. They're cold. Nobody needs it's cold, just... hard bubble gum. Yeah. But we do. Brian, what about you? I'm going to say, if they have this, the drumstick, the Nestle drumstick. with oh, the, so good. Yep. Uh, I know they're different flavors. For me, definitely vanilla ice cream. And then, you know, with the chocolate fudge on the, or the topping on the outside rolled in fucking walnuts or whatever it is. And then you get the little treat at the bottom of the cone. It's just like incentive to get to the bottom. Yep. I love the... And I can't even remember what they're called now, but like the uh, the pre-wrapped like sugar cones that are the it's like a I mean, it's actually a cone, like a uh, circular cone. And the cone is just kind of soggy and nasty, but in the best way. <laughs> yeah, it's like that sugar cone. Yeah, we used to get these at summer camp. Yeah. So it's like it, it's a it's a cone with a circular base. It's a sugar cone, vanilla ice cream. And then the top is crenellated, you know, like an old castle wall. And it has a little bit of hard chocolate up there with just like a sprinkling of walnuts. And you eat the top in one bite. And then the thing immediately starts dissolving. And (laughs) it it, it has zero structural integrity. And so you have no choice but to just pound the whole thing within like 30 seconds. (laughs) It's the best. That is the ideal. Full on brain freeze. Yeah. uh, I love it. I feel like mine is the, um, it's almost always the... uh whatever it is where it's the, the it's not a popsicle because to me a popsicle is like a citrusy fruity thing, but it's like 
the vanilla ice cream that's rolled in like the strawberry crumbles and then it has oh, yeah. like a little bit of oh. strawberry ice cream in the middle. That's my favorite. Or the chocolate version of that. The strawberry shortcake? Yes, that. Oh. So good. Oh, and it's just, it melts down your arm. Oh, <laughs> yes. There is a like different flavor of ice cream truck that does soft serve that's always parked around my place where you can get just like a big old soft serve cone for a dollar. God bless the woman who runs that truck. She's the best. She always hooks me up. Do they do a dip? They will do a dip if it's not summer, which I will say like a, a Dairy Queen dipped cone is one of my favorite things in the world. That's yes. just so good. I hate the orange kind though. I don't, oh, I don't like yeah. the fruit ones. It's gotta be, give me chocolate. Oh, the, not the fruit ones. I, I yeah. mean chocolate. Yeah. Rachel, I don't know if it's just a Midwestern thing or whatever, but Rachel fucking loves Dairy Queen. Like we'll talk about dilly bars with, you know, rapturous... <laughs> Admiration. Um, <laughs> is she a, a, a blizzard kind of lady? She loves a blizzard. Yeah. Um, we with Audrey, we will often there's a, a wiener schnitzel near her school, so we will go get a vanilla cone dipped in chocolate for her, and it's like it's so cheap. It's like two bucks or something like that, but it's the yeah. perfect like little kid treat. The wiener schnitzel was this was an all time great Audrey quote where we walk up to to get her cone and she just like you know shoves immediately in front of me to the window and the lady in the window comes up and she's like you know sees a little kid there and she's like hi how are you and audrey goes my name's audrey i have six letters in my name <laughs> my daddy only has five <laughs> um, yeah that's amazing she told me uh this actually this, this is a conversation with rachel uh out of nowhere this week, not not to change the subject completely, but I want to say this before I forget. I don't know where she's talking to Rachel, and she goes, "Mommy, who's gonna die first, you or Daddy?" <laughs> <laughs> and Rachel's like, "Oh, uh, huh, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't know, honey, but you know, don't worry, that's not gonna happen for a long time." And then there's this pause, and Audrey goes, "I hope it's Daddy." Oh. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Welcome to my life where I just get roasted by a child constantly. <laughs> you did this to yourself. Yeah, I, I yeah. can't <laughs> deny it. Yeah, you uh, brought this you, you wrought this upon yourself. Have yeah. I told you the story of how I met Audrey? I'm sure you were there for it, but you were having a barbecue, Brian, at your house. Yeah. And Planet Booty came by, right? And uh yep. that was awesome. Audrey's the one that opened the door. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, I meet a, a little girl and it's my natural thing. So I bowed super duper deeply, like almost mm -hmm. to the ground. And I was like, hello, princess, right? Because that's because <laughs> I'm awkward and I just like to lean into it, right? Yeah. So yeah, I'm like, yeah. hello, princess. And she looked at me sideways and was like, I'm not a princess. <laughs> <laughs> and then she turned and looked at Rachel and she's like, he thinks I'm a princess. <laughs> I was just like, it was, per it was, it was the perfect meeting of Audrey. When, of course, so many yeah. tweets about her. Well, she spends 95% of her time talking about how she's a princess too. So I like, clearly she just sensed an opportunity to prove you wrong. <laughs> yeah, just being full contrarian. Oh, that's like yeah. I am a lowly serf. How dare you? That's five. Yeah, <laughs> I toil in the fields. <laughs> yeah, 
All right, let's uh, let's move on to another question. This person wishes to remain anonymous. Pronouns are he, him. Hi, Leighton and Brian. I was broken up with six months ago and have just been feeling kind of off since. A girl told me recently that she had a crush on me, and I don't know if I should continue getting to know her because I don't think I'm fully over my past girlfriend. I'm not sure if getting into another relationship will help me get over my past relationship and have me start feeling myself again, or I will still feel bad and then been in a relationship where I just feel shitty. Should I wait? Or should I give another relationship a chance? I'm curious how how long the relationship with the previous partner who, you know, they were broken up with was. Yeah. But I think regardless, my first take is out of fairness to both yourself and the girl that has a crush on you, I would wait a little bit because I've been in the relationship where the person is clearly not over their ex. And that feels like shit. See, yeah. my that's interesting because my instinct was exactly the opposite. Interesting. My instinct was, at least in my very limited dating experience, and take, <laughs> I mean, very limited. So take this with a grain of salt. The only way I was able to like really, like fully get over an ex was to start seeing someone else. I'm not saying do that like, as a way to do it, but like the final like nail in the coffin, that old relationship is done for me almost always was okay. Now I'm seeing someone else. I can just forget about all that old stuff. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Josh thoughts. I feel like maybe this person's thinking too much about it. Um, Mm -hmm. And going on a first date or starting to date someone doesn't mean that that has to turn into a long-term relationship. You know, go That's on a true. date. True. Go on a yeah. date. Um, and and for something that like uh that I realize now uh later in life is that when you go on a date, like I used to have this problem, right? Like I used to go on dates and I used to think, Oh my gosh, like I I hope they like me, like I hope I'm good enough for them, you know, and I hope this goes well. And like now, just after years of dating, like I go on a date and 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 my thought is like, I, I hope I like them. That's yep. such a great perspective. Yeah. I hope that they're cool for me. Right. Because I've just come to a place in my life where like I'm kind of I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm super happy with myself, but I'm like, OK, with myself. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes dating is fun. Sometimes it's nice to go have dinner and hang out with somebody. It doesn't like a first date doesn't mean that I'm you are my partner forever. So my suggestion is have fun. If it doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world. And if it works out, good for you. Yeah. I love that advice. That's such great yeah, advice. Yeah, I think that's very good advice. I think both of you had better advice than I did. Because <laughs> it's it's a lot of like circumstantial stuff, yeah. right? Like we don't know how long the relationship was. I don't know how much anonymous, like the level to which they're feeling off about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so cool. All right, another Question nailed. We got that one right. Great. <laughs> got him. Hope that was <laughs> you have, you know, pick and choose what works for you, whatever feels right. Options. Yeah. But I do uh, love the advice of you're probably overthinking it because I think in general, that's almost always good advice. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I found certainly as a as a young, uh, romantically inexperienced nerd, uh, <laughs> the idea insane. of any date was terrifying to me. Like I never, Josh, I never got to the point really, maybe like really briefly for 
20 minutes once where dating was fun. Like it, it always just filled me with anxiety. I never felt comfortable with myself enough to, to enjoy the process. That's such a good mindset to be in. Like, it, you know, dating should be fun. Dating should be something that, uh, is enjoyable for, for everybody. But I, I like, I just personally never, never got there. It's very stressful for me because butterflies in my stomach just feel like indigestion and I (laughs) just feel mildly ill all the time that I'm around the person or thinking about the person. It's like, oh, God, I like you. Am I going to throw up? Oh, fuck. (laughs) I just I just really like flirting. Right. And it's very fun. There's a time and a place for flirting. Right. Like unsolicited flirting. Super creepy. Don't do it. Yes. But like if you're on a date (laughs) If you're on a date and you have the opportunity to flirt and it doesn't, you know, if it's a new date, it doesn't have to be serious. You just get to be yourself and play like it's 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 playful, you know? Yeah, you got a yes and. Yeah. But also if the person isn't like funny, for me at least, it's like the worst. That's such a such a deal breaker. Oh, if they're not funny, they have to be super hot. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah I've done well because like I don't want to be the funnier one which always happens to me because I date men <laughs> and I need to date more women yeah. I need to stop the next time I try to date a man I need all of my friends to cut my hands off and throw my phone off a building oh. I can't keep doing this to myself no I they have to have a good sense of humor. Oh yeah, they gotta. It's a it's a two way street. You gotta go back and forth. I don't want to say. I don't want to give my highest quality bit and for them to just say ha 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 ha. <laughs> it's valid sometimes, but you gotta. This is an iterative process. Yeah. Yes and. Yes and. <laughs> Flirting is an interesting thing. Like I have I ever flirted. I'm not sure the answer is yes. Uh, <laughs> maybe I guess I. Uh, it's I kind of wish I could. But I don't know that I that I have like it. It seems like the kind of thing that should be really fun. But I I feel like the awkwardness of my answer right now demonstrates how bad I would be at it. And <laughs> yeah, I, I'm kind of trailing off here, but I I like the idea of it. I feel like I would be bad at it in person. I don't think that anybody's bad at flirting. I think that people's flirting styles are different. Oh, I like that. And yeah. I feel like you and Rachel, both being really funny people, like you joking with each other, is flirting. That's a good, okay, I love you, that. Even though you're not like, bada yeah. boom, bada, you know? It's an ex- it's an expression of the self. It's a game. Yeah, that's true. And I guess the way I do that is with with bits and and comedy. Okay, so if I can redefine yeah. flirting to be what I do, then yes. I've done it. It's not just yeah. like, hey, you're you're hot. Let's put our mouths on each other's mouths. Like, <laughs> you know. Although that one gets me every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it actually really high success rate on that one. <laughs> right. My my new favorite line I just picked up from a TV series. It's not originally mine, but I like to walk up and ask somebody if they want a one-way ticket to Washington DC. <laughs> it is yet to work but i just really like the line i mean that does seem like a planet booty song you have to admit it's oh, right oh. <laughs> it's one of those ideas that just is probably yeah. not going to be picked up by dylan or rob <laughs> right but i like i like the idea of a train that's making three stops you know <laughs> 
It's like Washington, East Robbinsville, and and (laughs) layover in Charlotte. And yeah, layover in Dylan's butt or whatever. (laughs) It's actually a really good idea. I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to do that now. Great. (laughs) Oh my God. All right. Let's move on to another one. Layton, do you want to pick one? Oh, okay. I like this one because it's kind of wholesome. Hi, Leighton, Brian, and special guest. I'm Sam, he, him. This isn't anything too deep, but I recently reached adulthood and had my first semester away from home. Now all my classes are online, so I'm back home to save money. This seemed like a good idea at first, but I'm starting to feel like my parents want more from me right now. I don't know if it's worth it to get a job before I head back to school, but I don't like feeling like I'm bumming it at home. Do you have any suggestions for good projects to start or something I might be able to do for my folks while I'm making use of their generosity? Thanks for reading. Yeah, there's a lot of things to do. There's a few different types of people, right? And some people during this pandemic are just like taking this freedom to do nothing and doing nothing. Yep. Right? And there are other people, which uh, it's mostly the people I watch on TikTok. I'm obsessed with TikTok. I love it. <laughs> and like there's, I'm, I'm so excited because there's so many people creating and making art and dancing and doing all of these things that, that aren't necessarily like uh, productive, yeah. but they're bringing other people joy, right? Yep. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, uh, I just read an article the other day. I don't remember where it was, but it was talking about how the last pandemic or the, the, the Spanish flu, how like a lot of amazing art came out of that. Mm-hmm. Right. That was a uh, Art Deco era. Yep. Like kind of came out of that stuff and the Roaring Twenties and and yeah, all of I mean, this stuff. And I think that all, there is yeah. potential for a lot of amazing art because people are sitting at home being like, what am I going to do? What am I going to make? And there's this, we have this brilliant and beautiful opportunity to make and create right now. Totally. Yeah. I agree. I think that's a great thing to to do while you're while you're, while you're at home if you if you can. But also, I think there is a lot of pressure on people watching other people uh, do like, oh, I baked six loaves of bread and my entire place is clean and I started a project. And it's like, this is actually a really difficult time to be making things also because it feels very paralyzing. But I guess more uh, in regards to the question of like, what's something that this person can do for their parents, you know, while they're making use of the generosity. I was interpreting this question more so like, what kind of stuff can I do to show my appreciation to my parents? Mm-hmm. I think, and maybe you're this person already doing it, a little bit of housework goes a long way yeah. if you're not already doing that. So maybe there's some long-standing projects like re-grouting a tub. I don't know, I'm just making it up. Or, or something like that that you could be doing to chip into wherever you live. Like maybe if you live someplace with a yard, yard work, that kind of stuff speaking as, you know, someone who has to do this stuff, if someone were able to come in and just be like, hey, I'll t- I got this. I'm going to do that. Oh, my God. That would be huge. It's so nice when somebody takes care of a thing that you don't want to do. Yes, exactly. And sometimes, like, I mean, some of these things, like, you have to look up how to do, and you might fuck it up first. But who cares? Like, just trying. But also, that means you learn how to do it, and that's a life skill that you have now. Yeah, totally. So I would ask your parents, like, hey, like, what are those, pro- every, you know, every place has like, oh, I've mean to get around to that, but I just haven't had the time to do it yet. Ask your parents, like, what is something like that that you could 
you could do. And maybe it's not even like a physical activity thing. Maybe it's just figuring something out. I don't know, like resorting bookshelves or whatever. I don't know. But uh, some longstanding household project that they've been putting off because they just don't want to do it. If you were to start doing even a few things like that, I think that would be huge. Yeah. Yeah. I think also just like little stuff like doing the dishes or cooking a nice dinner or even like. Oh, that's a good one. Cooking. Yeah. Everybody likes likes a homemade brownie or something. Just making a little treat and just being like, oh, you don't have to get up. Don't worry about it. I'm taking care of everything. Like you just sit and enjoy this. Uh, This is for you. Like I think that really goes a long way of just kind of taking some of the like, you know, the the emotional labor element of housework of having to keep track of the stuff that you have to do and just sort of being like, yeah, I, I got it. Like, I appreciate it. And it, again, it's like the communication thing of just like, you can straight up tell your parents, like, I really can't express like how much I appreciate you supporting me during this time. And like, I want to do whatever I can uh, to help out here. So like, if there's something that you need, please let me know. Um, mm-hmm. I think you know, if your parents are cool, that will probably mean a lot to them. For sure. But yeah, it's it's also really great that in the first place you're asking how you can help. Like, I, I, that's such a great first step of like being aware of I, I want to contribute here. Yeah. I just think that it's really important. Like the nicest thing that I do for my parents is, is that I'm present, right? Mm. I remember coming home from college and talking to my parents and everything I talked about was me. It's like, I did this and this is what I'm doing. To my parents, I'm like clearly the most important thing in your life, right? Right. So I need to give you every single detail about me. But uh, it wasn't until I got a little bit older that I started actually asking my parents about themselves. Right. Yes. Tell me this story. What's going on? Being present for them. I feel like that is such a marker, speaking of adulthood in this question, such a marker of adulthood is being able to engage with your parents as people and not just as these like kind of figures. Right. And sometimes that's hard to do because sometimes, you know, people, sometimes people's parents aren't always the best people. Uh, but the, there's so many things and I know this happens to everybody, but, uh, there's so many things that I wish I had talked to my parents about as people. Some of it is family history, but just like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And it's easy to say those things at a distance, but I, I, I totally agree. Like being able to just just talk to them as people and, and kind of forgetting for a moment they're your parents is is an amazing thing to do, and I think requires uh, a level of maturity and and kind of a level of, I guess this is part of maturity, emotional distance that maybe you can or cannot do. I think that's a personal. You know, it just depends on the situation. But yeah, I, I think that's an an important marker of adulthood. Yeah, and it's also like the curiosity thing of like people really like to talk about themselves um, and just like I think being curious and even just like taking the time to spend an evening with your parents and maybe do an activity together, whatever it is that you all like, like a, a puzzle or, you know, some people just bond by watching something together, like something silly and fun that you can all laugh at. Your parents love you and they want to be around you. I'm going to throw in for dominoes as a great family activity. The pizza or the game? The game. Yeah. <laughs> I would argue both. Yeah. I never played dominoes before I married into a Midwestern family. And now whenever we're with Rachel's mom, like the domino set comes out some night and it's just an opportunity to like hang out and and talk. And it's, you know, it doesn't require 
a lot of strategizing. I'm sure there's people who like are very good at dominoes and put a lot of intellectual energy behind it. But, you know, you can casually play dominoes pretty easily. And it's just a nice way to have something to do with your hands and one part of your brain while you're just kind of bullshitting. Yeah, I love that. I want to do one more question. And there was a question that really seemed, it's, it was very relevant to me. <laughs> and so I just want to read this <laughs> and then answer it. You're welcome to chime in, but I think the first sentence, well, you'll see why I think this is relevant. All right. So uh, this question is from Lola, they, them. I've recently started my master's in astronomy. And while this is my passion in life, I'm having some internal struggles. I'm not planning to go beyond a graduate degree. And I mostly started this academic path because of hearing so many people, including my family, say how important it is to continue earning degrees. However, most people also say, even if you choose not to do anything with it, it's great to have. My question is, why is it so important, especially since the compensation for most workplaces does not equal how much the degree costs? And is it really worth it in the end? Okay. Let me take a drink. Go off. Yes, I'm about to go off. <laughs> 100%, it is not worth getting this degree if you're not into it. Like, if you don't want to do it, just don't do it. End of story. I mean, the compensation thing is, is one thing. It totally depends on, on the job. Like sometimes having a master's will earn you more, I think maybe more in engineering or something, but I don't really know. But there should be no goal of just earning degrees. Degree, who, who the fuck cares how many degrees you have? Like it's, you know, you can be very successful without finishing high school, going to college, whatever. Like actually finishing a degree does not matter unless you're trying to go into a field that requires that you have that degree. Under very few circumstances, should you get a degree just to have a degree? especially an advanced degree. Like I can understand arguments for maybe getting a bachelor's or something just to say, okay, I got a college degree. And then that opens up some workforce type things for me, but a master's, no one needs to have a master's just to have a master's. Like if you're not into it, don't do it. I totally reject the idea of earning degrees as like, yeah, the more you get, the better. First of all, there's only so many degrees you can get. Like at some point you get whatever, you know, a MD or a PhD or whatever, like, what are you going to do? Go back to grad school and get another PhD? Like at some point that stops being a thing. And there's no one more miserable than someone in school for a thing they don't want to really be in, especially at the advanced degree level. So if you're not into it, stop. I mean, look, it, I want to be clear. If you're, if you have one more thing to do before you get this degree, finish the thing, get the degree, you know, just like do that and get out. But if there's a long road in front of you before you get this thing, bail now and go do something you want to do. Yes. That's what I have to say about that. That's probably good advice. I I have no experience, so I, I trust you. Usually for a master's in something like that, you're, it's, it's mostly just coursework. Maybe there's a little like research project you do or something like that. But I don't understand. I don't think a master's in physics is really going to buy you anything at all. I mean, it's, I think a master's in engineering might. I'm sure there there are plenty of other things like, you know, you can get an MFA or other fields where masters are stuff. But a master's in astronomy, I mean, unless you want to like teach at a, a two-year college or something like that. And even now, most of those require, a, or many of those, I should say, require a PhD. I, I don't think having a master's in astronomy will get you anything. So like, uh, yeah, I, I'd say it sounds like you don't want to be there. So get the fuck out. And it's also weighing the cost of like, are you willing to put yourself uh, get just be like, okay, goodbye money. 
and weighing <laughs> that with like how much money you would be making in the career. Like I really, really wish that uh, people talked straight with students about that of like, I want you to think about this. Think about how much money you're going to owe versus what you're going to make. Yeah. Although I will say in, in most of the sciences, you won't have to pay for an advanced degree because you can get like you can get it covered through TA or research or whatever. I mean, if you're getting a, a PhD in astronomy or physics, you should ne- like literally never be paying for that. If you're not covered by grants or teaching opportunities or something, you, you don't do it. Uh, masters are sometimes a little different because they don't they won't anticipate you having having you as research staff. So maybe, but yeah, if you're especially, and I think that's a really good point, Layton. If you're paying for this master's, no way. Paying for a master's in physics is, I, I don't know any situation in which paying for that master's would be worth it. Uh, may, maybe there's some out there that I'm not aware of. There probably is. But like paying for a, a master's in astronomy or physics, that's, that's definitely a bad scene. Hell yeah. Yeah. Thank you, everyone who sent emails. Oh, yes. um, hope our, our advice and rambling helped in some way. <laughs> uh, we always love to hear from you. So if you have follow-ups on your situation, please do let us know. Um, and hope all of you are uh, staying safe and sane. So let's move on to our next segment. Brian, would you care to introduce the segment? I would love to introduce the segment, Leighton. Thank you so much I know, for, I know you would. For, for asking. Okay, so Josh, this is the... I think I warned you about this or what this was going to be. If not, I apologize. This is the pop culture recommendation segment of the podcast, okay? which is also the entire podcast to an extent. Although I have to say so far, we haven't done that so much, which is rather unusual. We have been talking more about food than than usual. Normally there are these long digressions <laughs> into a thing David Lynch did 35 years ago, but of course. Uh, we, we missed that <laughs> oh, so far. Oh, just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> So this segment is called What's Poppin'? All right. Because of the pop culture, like you get it. And uh, here is the theme song. What's poppin'? What's poppin'? Boom. Okay, so Josh, we asked all our guests this. What did you think as a musician? What did you think of that theme song? Um, I, I mean, as a musician, yeah, it is my favorite tuba choir i've ever heard to date perfect that's right you got it All right I, I totally agree yeah t- so there's tubas right oh yeah tons of them i think this is my favorite response to this bit that we've gotten <laughs> thus far see he got it he got it Layton. brian i'm not going to tell you to go fuck yourself this time but i want you to know that i'm thinking it he fucking got it <laughs> that's all i want you to say so Layton, what's popping in all earnestness what's popping Okay, what's popping for me, I'm very excited about this because I haven't been consuming any content. And because of that, I've been like, oh, fuck, I don't have anything to talk about on, what, on what's popping. Um, but I watched a film last night. Have you seen My Son, My Son, What Have Ye Done? Directed by Werner Herzog. No, no, I have and not. And starring Willem Dafoe, Brad Dourif, Michael Shannon, Chloe Sevigny, and uh, Udo Kai. Wow. <laughs> this movie is so... I was not prepared for it. When is it from? 2009. Wow. So it's Werner Herzog, executive produced by David Lynch. (laughs) There it is. Imagine exactly that. Like that collaboration, it's exactly what you think it is. There's a great review that I was reading on Letterboxd that was like, 
This is the piece of media that is closest to Twin Peaks The Return that isn't Twin Peaks The Return. Wow, okay. It is genuinely Lynchian, not in the way people use that word that annoys me, where it's like, um, it takes place in the Pacific Northwest and it's quirky and there's diners, so it's Lynchian. Hey, fuck you. That's not how that works. You don't know what that word means. Or like, oh, this is kind of weird, right? Lynchian, no. This Hmm. is like stilted, unsettling, like just um, existential. Like, I I really, I don't even know how to give the pitch for it because it's just like... I think you did already, just by saying. Yeah, Michael Shannon just gets typecast as like man losing his mind and he's so good at it. It just, the cast is amazing. The the pure image making of the thing, like it's just such a beautiful, and it's like, you know, weirdly funny in that way that a lot of Lynch stuff is, where it's like, I don't know if I'm supposed to laugh. Oh, the lady who plays Sarah Palmer, whose name I always forget, she's in it. Grace Zabriskie. Yes. And she's just fantastic. Like, it's a great movie. I I paid money for it. I got it for $7 on YouTube because I think that's the only place that you can get it. But then you own it. You can rewatch it. There's this sequence where, like, they're in, um, I forget what the name of the convention center is, but it's in San Diego. I think it's the Comic-Con Convention Center or whichever that one is. Yeah. I think that's just the San Diego Convention Center. Yeah, it's Michael Shannon walking backwards up a down escalator and staring into like this this uh, sort of circular thing on the ceiling, and it's it, while talking about God, and it's just like the most beautiful. <laughs> it is a really good movie. Everybody should watch it. There's there's flamingos in it, or multiple flamingos. Wow! It turns out flamingos are very small. I didn't know that flamingos are tiny. It's like a fact I I did not know. And I think maybe there are some big ones, but the ones in the movie were like knee thigh height. Okay. I've seen ones I think bigger than that, but yeah, I'm sure there are some tiny ones. Ooh, a baby flamingo. And they were named McNamara and McDougal. That's pretty great. (laughs) It's delightful. Anyway, you should watch this movie because if you like David Lynch and you like Werner Herzog and you like Willem Dafoe, who, all right, Willem Dafoe's hot. This is, I'm not even going to say like, he, he, he's like definition of movement hot. And he also just has like the best voice, like soothing. Uh, Dead silence. Well, I, I look, I love Willem <laughs> Dafoe. I don't know if I'd come down on, on hot, but he's awesome. I think he's great. Uh, Josh, tiebreaker vote is Willem Dafoe hot. I'm going to go with, nah. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, no. This is fair. This happens I mean, every time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, no. Listen, I get it. I'm the outlier. Great voice. Great voice. Great voice. Great actor. Great voice. I love a disgusting old man. Did y'all <laughs> both see The Lighthouse? No, I no, need I to. That. I really want to. Yeah, <gasps> y'all, <laughs> you got to watch The Lighthouse, man. It's so good. I was really debating watching it last night, and then I, I didn't do it. Oh, that's a gift you can give yourself. Yeah, R- Rachel and I watched the new Emma movie instead. How was it? I was not a fan. Like, yeah, I, I really like Anya Taylor-Joy, but it seemed like... She's great. Also, Bill Nye is in it, and I love everything <gasps> wow. with Bill Nye. But yeah, I uh, I don't know. It's it just beautiful looking film, but just not very compelling to me. All right, fair. Uh, Brian, what's popping? That isn't Emma. Yes, yeah, that is not my, my pick. I did want to say before we go on, Brad Dourif rules. I'll watch anything with Brad Dourif. He's so good. I love oh my him. God. He's great. Amazing. Anyway, what's popping for me is I've seen, I don't think we've talked about it on the show. There are very few things that Rachel and I like watch together on a regular basis, 
but the what we do in the shadows tv series is one of them and it mm. is so funny and great i i love it it's in season two now probably closing in on the end of season two but i just think it's it's one of the funnier shows i've seen in a while you know it's basically three vampires living in staten island and <laughs> they're from different periods of history in the world one of them is matt berry who was on the it crowd and toast of london who is one of my favorite comedic performers it just has insane line readings all the time every time he turns into a bat he screams bat and then <laughs> turns into a bat uh and, and it's uh like they're all kind of sweet uh they have this familiar named guillermo who's this like really adorable kind sweet character who this season it turns out he's kind of this inadvertent vampire hunter a lot of it obviously takes place in Staten Island. Mark Proch, however you say his Proch. last name, Proch. Yeah, I was I was going to bring him up because I know he's in it and that will immediately get me in. He is so in funny. He plays an energy vampire where the way he feeds is by basically having really boring conversations with people and draining their energy. And it's such a funny <laughs> bit. Uh, in the latest episode, he drains people's energy by just tweeting at them and commenting like obviously stupid things on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so uh, like I can't remember exactly what it was, but he's like, oh, look, here, you know, here's some professional astronomer. Let me tweet at her. And, he, you know, he writes something like, hey, but what do you know about space? Question mark. You know, like it, it's that kind of thing. It, I find it consistently delightful lots of great jokes they're expanding the mythology a little bit in the movie that it's based on there's werewolves but they introduce all kinds of other not swearwolves etc yeah not swearwolves werewolves and they introduce all kinds of other mythological creatures there's ghosts in this one there's zombies actually Haley joel osment plays a zombie in this one and it's got a bunch of great guest stars craig robinson uh is in it who that uh. that dude's always funny just everything he says is funny Nick Kroll. I, I can't even remember right now, but it's it's a consistently... Wasn't Mark Hamill on it? Yes, that's right. Of course, Recently. Mark Hamill played kind of a nemesis in last week's episode, and he was great. It's uh, my favorite line of the episode. I don't think I'm spoiling anything. Is last season, they go to... It's like a vampire orgy or party or something like that in in New York. And there's a guy who looks like a, a Babadook because they you know have all sorts of different vampires and someone's like, hey, what's what's that? And they're like, oh, that's a, a Badabook. And they're like, do you mean a, a Babadook? And the guy goes, no, I'm a Badabook, you know, like a Badabing, a Badabook. <laughs> this very New York accent. I, thought, I just thought that was brilliant. Anyway, what we do in the shadows of the TV show, it's, it's great and I love it. Josh, what's popping? I love everything pop culture. Like, and if it's, if it's bad, I probably like it even more. Mm -hmm. I love I love pop music. Pop music is probably my favorite genre of music because it's kind of goes it's everything, right? And uh, this week, Lady Gaga and Ariana yes. Grande put out a song together. I think it's called "Rain on uh -huh. Me." And I heard it for the first time because because gay Twitter blew, blew up, up, right? Yep. That's blew up <laughs> gay Twitter blew up and everything turned into Chromatica and everything was like Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande. So I listened to it and I was like, uh, that's all right, you know? It's an okay song. And then I, th I think I heard it again 
And I think it was the third time that I was like, oh, no, sold. This is the best <laughs> song ever. And it has been on repeat in my car and in my room and in my life. It's it's a sad song, but it's so happy and it's so upbeat. And I love I love where music is going. Right. I love I love pop music. And I'm just really happy that Lady Gaga's weird again. Yeah, she got not weird for a More long than, time. Oh, wonderful. She had to like calm down and let everybody know that she's a serious musician and that she's actually talented. Yes. And now that she's done that, she's like, now I can be weird again. Thank God. I thank God. Because I'm here for it. Like, I love Weird Lady Gaga, you know? Weird Lady Gaga is, like, by far the best Lady Gaga, and it's not even a contest. Yeah, absolutely. I remember being in middle school, like, uh, obsessively rewatching her music videos for totally, like, straight reasons. Uh, and, <laughs> and being like, God, she's so she's so cool. I don't know why I feel the need to keep rewatching this. She's just, she, she's been amazing the whole time. Uh, I love her very much. She is the, the queen of underboob oh, also yeah. many other things but that woman rocks an underboob with a short crop top it's just a queen queen of it did either of you see a star is born obviously the lady gaga one is what i'm talking about yes josh thoughts i did not i did i haven't seen any of the the previous ones that was the first star is born no me neither i've only seen that one <sighs> see i i love i love lady gaga i loved bradley cooper but i have like I have such a weird crush on Sam oh. Elliott that for me, like the entire movie was about Sam Elliott. He is the and best. I love that. I love yeah. him. Yes. The voice, his voice. The whole look, the fact that he looks the same as he did 30 years ago and it's still <laughs> <Yes>. great. <laughs> like nobody has a mustache like Sam Elliott. It's, it's just the perfect mustache. Yeah. I agree. He was the highlight of that movie for me. So I saw that. I think I mentioned this in a previous episode. I was trapped in Boston during a snowstorm and I'd been wanting to see it. I thought the first half of the movie was fantastic. And then once she gets famous, it was terrible. Like, and I loved, I thought Shallow was a great song, like a really great pop song. Mm -hmm. And then once she got famous and went into like kind of dance poppier stuff, I was, the chronology just got insane to me. Also, I, I just thought it was too on the nose. You know, his character's name was Allie. And there's a big billboard with Lady Gaga on it that just says Ally. And I was like, I know. okay, that's a little on the nose for my personal yeah. taste. <laughs> I felt the same way about the the going into pop. Like, it just happened too fast. It, it, without any justification. Like, someone mentioned, oh, you're doing this now. And I was like, but she's a country, like, okay, you could transition to that. I mean, Lady Gaga certainly has transitioned to enough musical styles, but it, it just happened like overnight and suddenly it's like, now you're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I, I was a, it Amazing. was a good movie. It was, it was all right, but I, I don't have the other ones in the back of my mind to, to base it off. Me of. neither. I've never even seen the, the Streisand version, like, which would be the, I mean, I guess the Judy Garland one is the, so that's the second one, right? Actually, wasn't there a, <laughs> I think this is the fourth A Star is Born. And I think Judy Garland was the second. And I can't remember what the first was. Mm. Okay, I have a question. You know, I feel like we don't need any more A Star is Born. Like, we're good. <laughs> wow. <laughs> if you have to choose one movie to curse to being endlessly remade like that, what movie would you choose? Like every, I don't know, 20 years, they kind of recast it 
and remake it for a new generation, that sort of thing? Yes. Like, can we start with a current movie or should it be something? It can be anything. Sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. I have to think about this. Yeah, this might be a longer term think question. And I also pose this question to you listeners tweet at us. I'm curious to hear what what your thoughts are, because it could be like, I feel like you can't choose something actually good because it's like, okay, so this is going to get ruined. Right. Because then you'll kill it. I need clarification. (laughs) Can I choose to stop a movie before they remake it? Because you know that they're going (laughs) to and they're going to ruin it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Then I'm ready. All right, go. Don't touch Back to the Future. Don't touch it. You know it. what? That yes. was honestly one of the ones I was thinking of. It's perfect. And it's hanging out there. It is. It's hanging out there like, somebody remake me, you know? And you're like, don't, don't do it. <laughs> it would be terrible. And I'm talking specifically the first and second Back to the Future. The third one didn't need it. It's okay. Yeah. But it's still it's perfect. The first one is, I think, actually basically a perfect movie. It's so great. The only movie I've seen in the theater more times than Back to the Future is... Uh, his short circuit, which <laughs> Layton, do you know short circuit? Interesting. No, it was an eighties comedy about a robot named Johnny five that comes to life. And for whatever fucking reason that summer I was home from camp. I think I would, might've been 10 and I had nothing else to do. And the local like second run theater was like crazy cheap. And so I saw a short circuit in the theater, I think six times. <laughs> But you know what? I'm going to say my answer to your question, Layton. It's short circuit. Just endlessly remade? Yeah, they kind of, I guess you could argue that Ex Machina is a remake of short circuit in some sense. Or it's like, what if shorts, what, what if, what's the name of the robot? Johnny Five. What if Johnny Five had boobs though? Yes. What if? What oh. if? What if? I, see, I think about short circuit often because one of my comeback remarks is always, uh, <laughs> your mama was a snowblower. <laughs> he's talking to another robot and he's like your mama was a snowblower that's just like it's such a good good comeback that nobody else understands totally i mean the movie is also <laughs> famous because it has a non-indian guy fisher stevens doing like a pretty offensive caricature of an indian or indian american guy and that has not aged well so I mean, it wasn't great at the time, although when I was 10, of course, I didn't know the difference. But that would be especially a good reason to remake it so that you could, you know, make up for some of the sins of the past. But I think now you could, there's a version of that where it legitimately engages with issues in AI and things around that that is potentially really interesting. Mm-hmm. I would say it is, it's such a period piece. I think it's 85, I would guess. <laughs> but it's worth watching to see you know, like a weird 80s sci-fi comedy. It also, I don't know if the song is from the movie, but it was featured along the same time. There's an El DeBarge song called Who's Johnny? Yes. And that song, Josh, do you agree with me? That song is amazing. <laughs> so it's good. so catchy and great. Like, for whatever reason, I was just listening to it last week. And it is a fantastic it, the song is is really well written yeah. and really well produced and performed. It's such a great, fun song. Everything Eldebarge has oh. ever done, specifically their hair, yeah. <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> yeah. And totally underrated right now. I don't hear people talking about Eldebarge, but a lot of really great stuff. There's a drag queen right now on RuPaul's Drag Race that has 
uh, like an elder barge kind of mullet thing. Oh. And every week, every week on on, on the show, they talk about okay. it. Okay. So it's funny because so for the last, this whole season of RuPaul's Drag Race, the current one, yeah, uh, they've been talking about elder barge the whole time. Wow. So I've actually been listening to and looking at at their catalog. It's They're so good. So good. So good. Yeah, and to me, always seemed like a very Little Richard kind of vibe, like an updated Little Richard kind of thing. Do you agree with that? I could see that. Are you just thinking about the hair? Yeah, just the just the <laughs> just the hair. It's like eighties Little Richard. That's how I, for some reason in my mind, it was kind of an eighties version of that. All right, let's move on to peaches and lemons. Peaches and lemons. Peaches and lemons. So. Josh, this next segment that we're doing um, is called Peaches and Lemons, okay. which is a thing that I stole from my family, uh, where my aunt and uncle will go around the table with my cousins. I was my father corrected me. Um, I, I've been <laughs> saying nieces, it's cousins. Thank you. Um, <laughs> oh, shame. The, so they go around the table and they each share one peach and one lemon. So the lemon was the thing that was kind of a bummer that they were unhappy about. And then the peach is something that they were excited about or grateful for um, or just like a good thing that happened. So we adapted that. We each do three peaches and we normally would do a lemon, but we've, we're moratorium on lemons. No lemons for a while because uh, we don't need them. <laughs> we don't need them right now. So we will each share three peaches. All right. Who would like to start? I can start happily. So uh, the biggest peach is that Audrey turned six this past week. And yes, obviously not a fun world circumstance to turn six in, but, you know, she's a happy kid. So we did a little like kind of scavenger hunt where we wrote clues and hit a few presents around the house and did a thing where there was another kid in her kindergarten that had a birthday on the same day. So we stood outside with that other kid far away. And some of her kindergarten classmates came by and waved hi and said happy birthday. And that was, it was just a really fun, sweet day. And now she feels like, I mean, as far as she's concerned, she's an adult now. Like, you know, that's as big as you could possibly be as six. (laughs) It was just nice to see, you know, a happy day. And she'd been like all little kids, like talking about her birthday for months. Uh, And (laughs) then it got there and she was just like, couldn't sleep the night before she was, standing up in her bed doing karate and singing frozen show tunes and then passed out from exhaustion and woke up the next day and it was just like pure magic. So that was really great. Next peach is that as of, uh, I don't know, a few days ago, the NSP next NSP album is wrapped and all the mixes are, we're submitting for mastering now and hopefully that's going to come out in the fall. We're going to do the science CDs like we always do. This is not meant to be an advertisement. It's just nice to know that this thing that's been on the horizon for a while is like done, and now we can kind of move on to the like planning out the release stage of it. And I, I love the album. I think there's some really fun stuff on it. So that's nice to, you know, like check that project off, moving on to the next one. So mm. that's a really positive thing. And Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, and my final one is just that, uh, I guess it's a little bit old, but, uh, I found a therapist I really like, and I've been trying to do that for a while and it was not easy. And I found this woman that's, I've been really, really enjoying talking to a recommendation from a friend and it's been huge. Like that was something that was hanging over my head for a while is finding a good therapist and I finally did it. So 
I'm really happy about that. Yeah, because it can take a while, especially if you've left a therapist that you've been with for a long time. And it's like, ah, shit, I got to start this over again. Mm -hmm. I was just doing this thing where I would I would talk to people for like, I'd be like, okay, talk to someone, like give it a few months. And then after a few months, I'd just be like, this isn't doing anything for me. And not like I was expecting results, but not doing anything for me in like a vibe kind of sense. Because I know therapy yeah. is a process, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but it just, the, 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 I went through a few therapists giving them an extended trial period where it's just like, nope, this one, not feeling this one either. But I like this new person I've been talking to. That's awesome. Yeah. Layden. Peach number one is I really haven't been going anywhere at all. Like I, I just, you know, I want to stay safe, want to keep other people safe. Uh, I go for walks and that's it. But yesterday I went for like a, a very distanced walk with Vernon because nice. he's my neighbor. Um, and maybe who it maybe loves Vernon so much. Like when we walk <laughs> past his place, she'll start like jumping up, trying to see up into his balcony, Aww. like thinking that he's there. It's so fucking sweet. But uh, we took a walk and we went to this boba place that I love and, you know, pre-pandemic was a huge regular at. So like I know the people who work there um, and just like going and getting to see them and, you know, leave a huge tip because I, I, I really don't want them to close. And just being able to get like a milk tea and drink the milk tea was, it, it just flooded me with uh, uh, dopamine, you know? That's awesome. Yeah, I get that Earl Grey house salted cream rose milk tea. Oof, <laughs> that's the stuff. Next one is, um, this is another maybe thing, but like, it's just been so nice to be around her all the time because all she wants to do is be on me and sleep. And she just is the cuddliest, happiest little creature and she just wants to play and lie on my chest and just like nuzzle into my neck and just, oh, I, I love that dog That's awesome. so much. And then my last peach is Scringus. Okay, so I saw you <laughs> tweeting, a, you, this is, uh, I, I have no idea what it is and I saw you talking about it online and I want to know more about this. Okay, so I've been streaming stuff on Twitch, which has been super fun and people who have like, I, I've been really overwhelmed by like, people subbing and donating and cheering bits and stuff because that's amazing. And I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm really glad that I can uh, have a little audience on there and have a community of people who are just super supportive and sweet to each other. Um, but Allie and I on Saturday, wait, what today is, is Monday. God, I, I've lost track. <laughs> today is Monday. Yeah, today is Monday. On Saturday, Allie and I streamed this thing that we've been wanting to do for a while. So in Sims 4, there is a mod for it called the Possessed Child mod where it's a really fucked up, it, you you put a tombstone in your game and then you summon a ghost and then you you cannot stop him. He will kill everyone in town. And we were going to do that as like, okay, we're going to make a stereotypical horror movie family, <laughs> move them into a haunted house <laughs> that we had a Victorian sim family in and then we killed all of them and then got the ghosts in there. So it's a haunted house. And then we were going to like role play out, like make this happen. Um, and it, it we, you know, we were putting the house together and we were making the Victorian family. And I found out you can't kill a child in the Sims. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, and another important note is that I have like all the mods where like you can be a serial killer, you can kill people, blah, blah, blah. So we had the bear dad, which was a father in a bear costume <clears throat> and an avocado, like a big green bear costume, kill the family. And it happened in front of the little boy. Um, <laughs> and then the little boy got taken away from the family. And so when we moved the modern horror movie family into this home, we decided that the lore was the little boy went to the basement, trapped in the basement, and just grew up his whole life uh -huh. in that basement. So he turned into a Bat Boy type creature. 
named Scringus. <laughs> and the only th- we were like, well, he needs an activity to do. So we decided that he's committed his life to dance. And, <laughs> and so all Scringus knows is dance. And we were shocked because, like, we just couldn't stop. Like, the moves were hypnotic. Scringus just breaking it the fuck down to funeral dirge music. Um, That's very funny. And, I, I like, the chat was just making the funniest jokes possible. Anyway, it became a whole thing where, like, the latter half of that stream for an hour and a half was literally just us watching Scring- Scringus dance. <laughs> and then I made a Scringus, like, K-pop <clears throat> fan cam. Anyway, that really sparked joy for me, and we will be continuing That's... the tale of Scringus uh, in our next Sims 4 stream. Because fuck the horror movie family. I don't care about them. All I care about is Scringus. <laughs> Scringus McPingus. All right, Josh, what are your peaches? So, so because of the pandemic, right, and because all of our tours were canceled, I had to go out and get a real job. I had to, and I haven't had a real job uh, in a long time, right? I, so I, uh, I ended up getting a job at a substance abuse treatment center, mm-hmm. like a rehab. And uh, one of my jobs there is that I, I, I teach the classes, right? So I, so I taught a class yesterday that I do every week called Music in Recovery, right? Where sometimes uh, we'll do songs, we'll listen to songs, we'll write about songs. But yesterday, it was such a nice day, I made the class about dancing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so uh, it's just, it's it, there's a couple classes a week that I get to do that are just about fun. And this is one of them. So I, so I took 40 recovering alcoholics and addicts out and... Taught them all how to do the electric slide. <laughs> that rules. Fuck yeah. Like I told everybody what we were doing and everybody was like, oh God, no. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't want anything <laughs> to do with this. And then by the end of the class, there were people throwing in extra turns. Oh my God. And claps. And it was just, it was just the best feeling to have all of these people out there dancing and laughing and smiling. I love it. It just brought so much joy. That is so great. For me, right? Because it could have gone really poorly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Getting a bunch of adults to dance is a fucking challenge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And especially like here, here are the specific moves because we can't dance together. We got a social distance. Yep. So the electric slide. Uh, It was also the first time I ever tried to show anybody like a line dance and I wasn't prepared for that. (laughs) But uh, it 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 worked out all right. It worked out That's all right. So great. The second peach would probably be so. Uh, my band taking the social distancing pretty seriously, taking the quarantine pretty seriously. So we haven't been meeting. Uh, so that's been it's been kind of rough. Yeah. Because it's just like these are my chosen family. These are, I love these men with all my heart, and it's been kind of crappy not being able to hang out with them. And and this week. We actually had our first rehearsal, and it was a social distanced rehearsal, but we made it happen. And it was like the first time I got to see these guys in over a month, right? And to be together and to make music and have that connection with those men, just to make music with my friends is just the best gift I've ever been given, you know? That's so great. Yeah. So I got to do that. Right. Yeah. We had a big talk because we were planning on, on 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 still rehearsing through the pandemic, and we had a meeting via Zoom or whatever, FaceTime, and uh, 
decided that it was socially irresponsible to continue meeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it took us a little over a month, but we figured out how to get together. And uh, oh man, I can't wait. We're getting together again this week. That's awesome. I'm going to add on to this peach by also saying that we have a new song coming out uh, and a new video coming yes. out on June 2nd. Ooh. So I'm really excited about that. Really, really excited about and that. And it's a good one. I heard the clip. It's fucking great. It's exciting. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked on that. We have some really cool people in the music video. I'm very excited about that. My third peach is, it's a weird peach. Next month is Pride. Yeah. June is Pride Month. Oh, wow. I get really excited about that every year. And this year is very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year's different. Like all the Pride parades and every Pride festival has been canceled. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Like I just have so much faith and love in the queer community that I'm really excited to see like what happens. Like what the community will actually bring together and what what they will do because uh, it's always something amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm also excited to see like I think um, a lot of queer folks, especially online, like, uh, you know, maybe don't have the mobility to go to Pride or don't have access to any sort of like Pride thing that they can physically go to. So I wonder if this is going to encourage like a level of participation for a lot of people who are very often missing out on that kind of thing. Like I'm I'm, I'm pretty excited about that, especially as, as me personally, like I, I never really go to anything because you know, crowds, uh, I just, I, I don't like to be in public uh-huh. um, during a normal time. So uh, I think that'll be really cool. Yeah. Just really excited to see what, what happens. Pride isn't about parades. You know, it's not, it's not about festivities. It's not about getting drunk at 2 PM on a Sunday, right? <laughs> Pride is about love. Yeah. And being there for each other and yeah. celebrating yourself and celebrating the people you love. Yeah. And if we're, we're super loud on the internet, I really like that. <laughs> I would also like if, if people could be nice to each other for the month. That would be really good. <laughs> that would be great. Just like be kind, please. Yeah, if people could just do that regularly, <laughs> that'd be super cool. And it just like chill. Is there anything planned right now? Does anyone have, I mean, is there anything that's been announced for like worldwide pride or whatever? Or is that, is everything up in the air? Not that I know of. I know that like all of the main city prides were canceled mm-hmm. in April. Yeah. Good move. They just, they shut it down super early. Something will happen. Yep. And it'll be awesome. Don't know what it is yet, (laughs) but it's going to be super rad and I will be there. Yay. Well, Josh, thank you so much for being here. This was really fun. Thank you. Yeah, this is delightful. It was a joy to have you on. Can you tell everyone where they can find you and Planet Booty and, and all that stuff? All right. Um, Planet Booty can be found on every social media platform, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all uh, at Planet Booty, super simple. And uh, my personal Twitter and Instagram and all that is uh, at JC East B. Cool. You should also look up Planet Booty on Spotify. Any, anywhere you can listen to, to music, I promise you it's worth it. Their, their music is just wonderful. And keep your eyes peeled for their new song and music video. June 2nd. Hell yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe out there. We love you. We hope you can bring some chill and positive vibes from this podcast into your IRL. This is the end of the podcast. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Late Night is produced by Brian Wett, Leighton Gray, and Jarek Centeno. Follow us on Twitter at Leighton Night, on Instagram at Leighton underscore night, or email us at LeightonNight at gmail.com. <laughs>